Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Welcome to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. This is Craig McConnell, and joining me is Stacy Eldridge. And we're in the middle. Are we in the middle, or is this the last one? I think this is the last one. Okay. We're in a series of interviews and enjoying uh, excerpts from Stacy's new book. Stacy, tell us about this book of yours. This book is titled Becoming Myself, Embracing God's Dream of You. And it's about the journey that all women are on, becoming transformed, becoming more Christ, becoming more the woman they were created to be. Craig, it's happening, whether we feel like it or not. And part of the book I share a from my own life, and part I share from what I've learned from other women. So today, I want to play an excerpt from chapter 12, because not only have I learned from women close to me, but I've also learned a lot from women in scripture. And chapter 12 highlights two of my favorite women, Mary of Bethany and Mary Magdalene. So why don't you join me in in listening to this? Let's do it. What is it that Jesus wants? What does he want more than anything else? Well, that's an easy one because he hasn't exactly kept it a secret. Jesus wants us to love him. Remember when Jesus was asked, which is the greatest commandment? Matthew 22, verse 36. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Love God. Jesus is God. He is saying, love me. The most important and highest thing you can do with all your life is to love me. Here's a fascinating thing. You reflect the heart of God. You are made in his image, right? Down to your feminine core, you express something about the heart of God to the world. And what does every woman's heart long for? To be loved to be chosen, to be a priority to someone. Think of how deeply this runs in you. Now you know something really central about the heart of God. He wants that too. Voluntarily offering our love to God is the most important thing we can do. Loving Jesus is the fire that fuels every other good work in our lives. And loving God enables us to live a courageous life that can't help but spill out onto others. Let's look into the scriptures and learn from a woman who loved God first and with everything she had, Mary of Bethany. Mary of Bethany was Lazarus' sister, the other half of Mary and Martha. She knew Jesus well. And because she knew him well, she loved him much. Loving Jesus is simply the heart's natural response to knowing him. My mother hated the famous story of Mary and Martha. She thought Martha was unappreciated. And who of us doesn't agree at some level? Somebody had to cook the meal. Women usually find themselves in the kitchen at gatherings, either preparing the food or cleaning it up. I know I do. I'm often more comfortable there, so... Yes, I relate to Martha, too, a little more deeply than I care to admit. But in this story, Martha represents a busy and distracted church. See, 
She is a picture of us when we have exchanged relationship with Jesus for service of Him. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, "Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me." Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, "You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her." Luke ten thirty-eight through forty-two. Martha criticized her sister and rebuked the Lord. Why are you just sitting there? Do you not see what is going on here? I am working so hard, and my sister is doing nothing. Make her help me. I love how Jesus gently corrected Martha for her worry and distraction. He didn't say that what Martha was doing was wrong, but that her attitude was. Probably a good clue that we may be off in our attitudes is when we feel compelled to rebuke God for not intervening. But Mary's focus was undivided. She wasn't being lazy. She'd been captured. She wasn't running about helping her sister because she was smitten with Jesus. She had chosen to learn from Jesus, to listen to His words, to open her heart and her mind to Him. She was doing the one thing that was required: loving Jesus. And Jesus applauded her choice. My family says I have ruined Oban because of my habit of giving him samples of what I'm eating. He loves to share an apple with me, a bite for me, a chunk for him. Oban isn't a very picky eater. He will eat anything, and by anything, I do mean anything. Dirty socks are a favorite, but above all, Oban wants what you are eating. So now, when anyone is eating, particularly if it's an apple, Oban will sit at their feet as well, eyes glued to their food, utterly and completely focused. He is captured. And maybe it's not the most flattering picture, but he reminds me of Mary. Nothing is going to distract that dog from the most important thing that is going on around him. He will sit with the undivided focus of a passionate disciple. Mary sat at Jesus's feet, which is the sign of a disciple. I love how Jesus is with women. It was scandalous at that time, and remains scandalous in so many places today to have a woman disciple. But Jesus had them; he esteems women. Rather than being busy doing things for him, Mary was simply being with him, and Jesus said that being with him, listening to him, honoring him with her attention and adoration, was far above doing things for him. Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Jesus defended Mary's choice. He didn't get angry with Martha either. By the way, he simply invited her to the better choice by presenting it to her. Jesus doesn't pant after our service, as wonderful as it is. As much as he has planted desires and dreams in our hearts, he doesn't give first place to the use of our gifts to further the kingdom of God or to minister to his beloved lambs. Jesus says that the greatest command is to love Him. We love Him by loving others. Yes, 
But God gives first place to our loving Him, and we do that simply by being with Him, spending time with Him, fixing our gaze on who He is. You know that when you really love someone, it gives you great joy just to be in the same room with them. Our sons no longer live at home, and when they do come home for a visit, I am so happy. Just to have them under the same roof as me makes me glad. My heart rests in the joy of their proximity. You know this. Mary knew this. Jesus knows this too. I love you. I trust you. One of the next times we encounter Mary of Bethany in the scriptures is after the death of her cherished brother Lazarus. Jesus loved Lazarus. He loved Mary and Martha too, but he didn't rush to Lazarus' side when he heard that he was sick. Jesus chose to wait two more days before traveling to Bethany. The sisters wanted him to come and heal Lazarus, but Jesus had something even better in mind. So he waited. And then he performed one of the greatest miracles of his earthly ministry. Just like we have had to do so many times, Mary and Martha had to wait for God to come. Waiting for God is one of the hardest things we ever have to do, isn't it? But if Jesus had come right away and healed Lazarus, we all would have missed out. Believing God is good in the midst of waiting is incredibly hard. Believing God is good in the midst of immense sorrow, loss, or pain is even more difficult. Those are the times that our faith, the treasure of our hearts, is tested by fire and becomes gold. What we come to know of God and the terrain he comes to inhabit in our hearts through the trial leads people to say, I wouldn't change a thing. That's the crazy supernatural realm of God. I know that there have been many times when God didn't answer your prayers in the way you wanted or in the timing you wanted, but what he did in the end was far better. Even if the far better was your coming to depend on him more deeply through the travail, all of us are living lives that are wondrous and filled with heartaches. That is real. I can only imagine what you are living in, waiting for longing for, weeping for, holding on to your faith for. I know what I'm living in. Gold is being forged, gals. Priceless, immeasurable gold. To paraphrase Philip Yancey, faith believes ahead of time what can only be seen by looking back. There will come a day when we will look back and understand, but in the waiting, may God strengthen our hearts to hold on to his. Lazarus had been dead for four days when Jesus finally came to town. And I love that when Martha heard he had come, she ran out to meet him. Martha may get a raw deal sometimes, but she was running to him in this moment. She loved Jesus. She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. John 11 verse 21. And then she said, But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. 
Theologians call this the threefold confession. It was the highest confession that Martha could make. Yea, Martha. And don't you love how she said, But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Martha was still holding out her hope for the miraculous intervention of Jesus. Mary didn't come. She stayed in the house grieving. She didn't go to Jesus until she was told that he was asking after her. Mary was a real person. She wasn't the amazing, I do it all right all the time gal. She was a woman like you and me who, when overcome by grief, sometimes cannot even move. Mary couldn't move, not until she was called out by her God. Mary loved Jesus. She ran to him then and fell at his feet. She worshipped him. She brought to Jesus the whole truth of who she was, including her profound grief and uncontrolled weeping. And in seeing her weeping, the scripture says Jesus was deeply moved. Verse 33. Jesus was moved by the heartfelt tears of one who loved him, and he is moved by yours as well. Did you hear me? Jesus is moved by your tears, your love, your waiting, and your sorrows. He is moved when you trust him, even though it all looks hopeless. It is one of the deepest ways we express our love for him. Martha and Mary laid out their hearts before Jesus, and they chose to trust him. You know what happened next. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed that excerpt. And if you did, get the book. There's so much more in it. Becoming Myself, Embracing God's Dream of You. There's also the study guide available. And I want to encourage you gals, just know that we're not meant to live this life on our own. So I would encourage you to share this book with others. Talk about it. Get in a small group. Use the study guide or even just on a walk with a friend in the morning. Share your life. And you can get the study guide for personal or group use and the audiobook as well. So for Stacy Eldridge, this is Craig McConnell. We hope you join us again next week for the Ransom Heart Podcast.